the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into hour two of our daily three-hour show. It is a delight to bring back Brandon J. Weikert, as we do every Monday. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, his next book coming out a little bit later this year. He is also the publisher of The Weikert Report, World News Done Right, theweikertreport.com, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. Brandon, how the heck are you, my friend? I am doing well. It's been a uh, it's been an eventful day for me. How about you? Yeah, I bet for you. Uh, <laughs> it, it's been eventful for me trying to keep up with events. <clears throat> As I understand it, we had uh, and I read your column in the Asia Times, which gets into this. It's it's great. Uh, let me give the title out. Did Biden just escalate in Ukraine? We'll, oh, we'll, right, right, right. We'll circle back to that. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I, right. You forgot you wrote it because yeah. since that column, the administration walked back his comments and then he yeah. walked back their walk back. Yeah. Bill, there's a song, Walk Right Back. Can we go out with that? I mean, it's the theme of the Biden administration. Walk right back. Brandon, um, I said, and I don't think I will face much contradiction from historians I said I think this was the worst press conference in presidential history that I witnessed today. Did you see it where he openly denied from two reporters, one from Fox News, one from PBS, saying the very things they quoted him as saying and then said he stands by his comments, almost unaware of the headlines around the world and his own staff? Well, I think that's the key. He's unaware. Um, So I'm going to let your audience in on a little teaser. Um, I am writing right now a piece. For American greatness, in which I outline why Mr. Biden should be removed under the 25th Amendment, um, he he is not clearly with it. Um, there is clearly, you know, other people, other power centers calling the shots within his administration because he is not, for, uh, you know, fully with it mentally. Uh, there's clearly a fight going on. Biden, I think, genuinely thinks that he does not need to walk anything back because, A, he thinks that this is what should happen, and, B, uh, he doesn't understand that it's not really his presidency. I mean, he was elected uh, because he was a compromised candidate, not just the corruption uh, with his son, but also because mentally it's very obvious that he is at the very least at the beginnings of a very painful uh, and steep mental decline, cognitive decline. Uh, and so I think what we're witnessing is an example of that cognitive decline. Um, and this is a very dangerous point because the question I had when he made those comments in Poland this last weekend, he, you know, he, first he talked about Putin's a war criminal, and that has legal remedies. You bet it does. Then he talked about, which of course Putin is a war criminal. I mean, nobody's denying that. Um, then he's talking uh, shortly thereafter to the 82nd Airborne who employed to Poland, and he says, when you're in Ukraine, you'll see what I'm talking about. Right, and he was talking um, about the devastation in Ukraine. Yes. He says, when you're there, we'll cut, yes, uh, bookmark yes. that and, point. And the but. last time anybody checked, 
Ukraine's not a NATO member, and therefore we are not going to be sending U.S. troops into an active combat zone with Russian troops crawling all over it, shooting anything that moves. And then the, an hour or two later, he goes to Warsaw, Biden. He has a meeting with refugees from Ukraine, uh, very emotional. And then he turns around, and at the Warsaw, you know, their, their government center, he says that Putin must be removed, that he, 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 this guy cannot remain in power. And so Kremlin is, you know, the, the Putin and the others in the Kremlin are sitting there going, okay, these are three escalations. And then Biden follows that on after his administration comes out and says, well, the president was, he was riffing. That's not exactly what he meant. It is not official policy. Then he turns around the next day and he says, and if a chemical attack is conducted in Ukraine by Russia, we will respond in kind. Announcing well, his own is, war criminality in advance right. to the rest of the world. It is a war crime to use chemical weapons, even in retaliation. Yes. I just want yes. people to know and, that. And, and, you know, so, so this guy is all over the map. And so what my argument is in this art, this piece that I'm going to be pitching to AG, uh, is basically he's compromised. Um, he cannot be allowed to continue because now we're talking real-world ramifications. The Kremlin... The assumption is that, oh, well, Putin knows that this is just Biden being Biden. He, he's the gas master. Well, this isn't 2010. This is, this is 2022. Vladimir Putin's back is up against the wall. Uh, he doesn't know what he, what's going on. He's clearly not in the same reality as we are any way you look at it. And now he's got the president of the United States, who he automatically thinks is opposed to him, talking for the last 72 hours about he's a war criminal, we're sending in troops, uh, you know, he has to be overthrown. Oh, and by the way, if he uses chemical weapons, we're going to chemical attack him, too. Uh, by the way, he's not attacking us with chemical weapons. Right. Uh, you know, so right. like clearly I, Biden's not there. Can you know, I, clearly the guy needs to be removed. Let me pause you on that. There's so much to unpack here. And your, your column was great on a lot of fronts here regarding this. But let me Thank just you. pause one other thing about Vladimir Putin. He understands the Western media. You're right. He understands and knows Joe Biden. Um, but he also knows something else. What's the first thing a severely unpopular president redounds to to build his polls? Wag the dog. You bet. You bet. Yeah. You bet. For those unfamiliar with the movie or the notion, war. The answer is war. You get in, you 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 become engaged or or milk the engagement of a military right. confrontation. The difference, the difference is that real quick. When you do a wag the dog, you want to pick on a small country that can't fight back, unlike Russia. Well, that's a fair point too. But I, if you're Vladimir Putin and you are in garrison mode and you are isolated right. and you're looking at the president of the United States changing policy that goes back to Metternich, frankly and you're right. seeing this man's polls are sinking, you kind of got to take it a little bit seriously. Right. At least That's your political right. advisors will tell you you're a fool if you don't. Well, hey, and why isn't General Milley getting on the phone and telling the Russians, ah. don't listen to the president, you can't trust him, don't worry, I've got the nukes, this, this guy's just, remember he did this to yep. Trump, because supposedly uh, the Chinese and Russians thought during the whole January 6th thing that America was going through a coup and yep. crazy Trump was going to do something crazy to stay in power. So I hope that the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff are at least doing the same thing uh, to this president that they did to the last one. Uh, otherwise, it just shows you again how broken our system is, which, by the way, cuts to another thing, how reliable, how stable is our system indeed. Uh, but you're right. You know, there Putin is. Uh, you know, he can't trust anything. Uh, and in large part because of the position he's put himself in, 
But also, it doesn't help when you've got, you know, and by the way, as I said in the article, it looked like on Friday. Yeah, there was a precipice of peace here that Joe Biden big-footed. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, Yeah, so basically, you know, Zelensky for the last week had been meeting with uh, representatives on and off from Moscow saying, he said, look, we're willing to negotiate now. We're willing to basically give you the eastern portion of the country, and we'll even consent that we will not join NATO anytime soon. Just end the war, please, and pull your troops out of western Ukraine and stop blowing up our cities. Uh, and Putin seemed amenable. Putin then had his top general come out uh, in Moscow and tell the media that, hey, we're redirecting our focus away from Kiev, away from the western Ukraine, and we're going in to, to pacify the part that we already control in the east. And then within 24 hours, Biden gets on Air Force One and flies to Europe and says all of these escalatory things. Now the peace deal is blown, probably. Putin now thinks not only is, our, is the West escalating against him, but now he probably thinks, crap, the Americans are now coming in. I can't let, let this thing go. Now I've got to escalate first. Yeah. And so now we have, you know, we have President Incompetent in the White House basically escalating and giving out mixed signals. Did he retract or is he not retracting? Who knows now? Because his administration is saying one thing, the Europeans are attacking him for escalating, and then he's saying, no, actually, I did mean that. Uh, you know, we're going to stick with what I said. And so, you know, this is the this is not crisis management. I was told the adults are back in the House, and clearly they're not. There is no one leading the House. The insane, uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, inmates are running the asylum. Let me, um, let me throw one other thought out here that I think people need to understand as to how upside down things are, how really bad the new normal is, because... There's not a big perspective on history here, Brandon. But in most cases where there's a walk back in an administration, it's usually the president who's walking back things that were said by cabinet members and assistant secretaries and other officials throughout Honeycomb throughout the administration. It's not usually administration officials correcting clarifying and walking back things the president says that's right that's how let me hit the quick break here with the little everly brothers courtesy of uh, sunny (laughs) curtis and we'll be right back with more from brandon weikert and there is a lot more i'm seth leibson he's happy to take your questions 602-5080-960 welcome back to the seth leibson show brandon j weikert is our guest columnist for the asia times america greatness publisher of the weikert report author of the book winning space uh great book uh, how america remains a superpower author of an upcoming book shadow war published to be published later this year a book on top of that and then a book after that brandon i would uh i would um I, I, we, we, well i'll save that for a moment no let me do it right now let me take a break from foreign affairs for a moment you you live in florida i do I just have to tell you, Ali Beth Stuckey, I retweeted this. Thoughts and prayers for everyone in Florida headed to prison tonight for saying the word gay if they do. <laughs> I saw that line was signed into law, so you yeah. may want to pass yeah. that on. You know, extend your well wishes to everyone who will be going to jail tonight for saying the word. This governor of yours, Brandon, he's just he, – he doesn't make any missteps. He's all accelerated or he's no break, and he doesn't care about the woke, and he's winning. Yeah. It, well, sh- actually, it should be instructive. I'm saying that from yeah. here. Maybe you have a cavil or two. No, no, you're right. Uh, you're right. And, and in fact, if you look at what he's doing and what he's done, 
He's outmaneuvering the left. He's getting out ahead of them before they can. You know, the left is the one that's always used to being on the offensive. Yeah. And this was, this was the thing that in early Trump years, in the first two years at least, uh, this was what killed the left is that Trump was constantly in their OODA loop and he was constantly, you know, going on the offensive and, and being unpredictable. Uh, after 2018, things got a little, you know, harder for him. But, but those first few years of his, of his, of his administration, of his campaign and his administration, Trump set the stage. And then DeSantis kind of picked up where Trump left yeah, off yeah. on a smaller scale here in Florida. And he's just not letting the liberals uh, get a moment of respite. He's constantly pressing on them, uh, whether it was COVID. Uh, you know, all, almost none of it is or, defensive, too. It's almost all offense. No, right. It's, it's all almost offense, all offense. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how you got to be, because when you're dealing with the left, these guys and gals, or they don't even know if they're guys and gals, but these people are, <laughs> um, you know, the, these people are revolutionary Marxists at yes. their core. Yes. They are, they do not represent a majority of the people's opinion in this country, no matter what they tell themselves and how they act. They are a very loud minority, the left is. And therefore, they have to always be on the offensive the way Lenin was, the way Mao was, because they know that if they get, if they rest, if they get defensive, if they, if they get comfortable, they will not be able to continue to, to prosecute their very revolutionary agenda. Well, finally, the new wave of Republicans, the Trump wave, and now the DeSantis wing, uh, they are recognizing that we represent generally the majority feeling and opinion in this country. And if we would just come out and get in the face of the left and not let them, you know, take anything for granted and keep them off balance and keep pushing them the way that they've been pushing us for 50 years, uh, you know, we might be able to at least stop uh, some of these radical, insane left-wing notions, whether it be in domestic policy or, or foreign policy. I think it's important to know. Uh, DeSantis also has very strong foreign policy views, even though he's a governor, not just with, uh, you know, his stuff on China, which he's a hawk on China like the rest of us on the right, but he's also been very clear about what's going on in Ukraine and where he stands. Uh, and he is very much of the mind that we cannot let Russia invade and take over Eastern Europe. So he's got not just very strong domestic policies that are awesome. I love living in Florida, but he's also got very well thought out, well honed foreign policies, which is going to serve him well when he runs and wins as president. Amen to that, Brandon. Uh, you said something interesting that I think is worth underlining. I have been saying it for a while now, which is um, the cultural elite, the, the cultural elite do not run America. They do not represent most Americans. They don't views. represent the anti-Americanism, right. the anti-cultural normalism that the cultural elite stand for do, is not the views of mo does not represent the views of most Americans, but most Americans may not realize that. Right. And what well, Ron DeSantis yeah. has shown is that dichotomy right there yes. and instruction to putative former and current governors elsewhere. It's not that hard. All you have to do is know what you're talking about and believe yeah. in it. These these aren't right. this isn't that heavy lifting. It's just a little bit of courage. Just a little bit. Right. And look at what's going on in my former home state of Virginia, right? I yep. mean, finally, finally, after decades of being pushed and pushed and pushed by the extreme left, mostly the ones living in northern Virginia, right outside of DC. Finally, even the northern Virginians 
had had enough of the insanity from the left, so much so that they elected the most conservative governor they've had in years, probably one of the most conservative governors in all of the, the, the country, and he's fighting the good fight. So people are naturally, they've been pushed, but are naturally falling into the standard pattern of saying, hey, the left is nuts. We're not going to let them, you know, run roughshod over us. It's not just, you know, a, you know, Trump versus the left now. It's a groundswell. Yeah. Trump's gone. That's There's right. now a groundswell of people across the country who may not be diehard conservatives, but who are saying the left has gone off the deep end yep. on most of these policies. We yeah. cannot stand. And by the way, real quick, look at the economy now. Look at the foreign policy in just a year under Biden. Okay? With the exception of COVID, the country... out of those four years of Trump's presidency. And if it wasn't for the Wuhan virus, we would have had four great years and another four on top of that because everybody knew that Trump was leading this country to victory over all of our problems. And then, of course, COVID hit and we got this guy Biden. And just like every other thing that a, that a socialist or a Marxist touches in every other country, our country is going to the pot because Biden's in charge and he can't lead. He doesn't know what he's doing. And the people around him, the supposed smartest people in the room are incredibly ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. They're making everything worse. If you had, let me give you a test to what you're saying. If you had uh, a CNN, C-SPAN, whatever, a media-covered debate on all public policy, and you had the choice of having on your team, Brandon, the president and CEO of Disney, Jack Dorsey, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and whoever's the head of Coca-Cola these days, on you could have all of them on your team, or Ron DeSantis, what would you pick? I think it would have to be Ron DeSantis. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that's Here's the why. problem. Because People the think the, the other side owns this country or represents no, this country. It day, don't, and they ain't that smart. At the end of the day, also, those companies are still going to do business. Those companies are still going. They, they, they may complain. But the, we have to remember, corporate, and I talked with Thaddeus McCotter about this over the last week, and we were in D.C. together. You know, the, it is hilarious to see how the radical left, you know, the supposedly anti-corporate left, has embraced the corporate executives who are supposedly woke. And I've got news for the left. Those corporate executives are not woke. They are using the left because they think that's where the majority yeah. opinion is, and yeah. they don't want to be on the wrong side. That's of that. exactly and they're right. They're going to learn. They're going to learn the hard way that when you go after our kids and you try to sexualize our kids, you're going to get you're going to get hit with a lot of backlash. You bet. It's coming. You bet. Nicely stated, Brandon. All right, we'll take the break and we'll return to Russia Ukraine goings on. We have some callers that want to talk to you as well. We'll get them on. Guess what I learned? The Everly song, Brandon, that we went to the Everly Brothers Walk Right Back. Yeah. It was written by Sonny Curtis. Sonny Curtis oh. wrote uh, the theme song to the Mary Tyler Moore show. He was also a Buddy Holly cricket. He was Buddy Holly's guitarist. How fun is that? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Lots of fun, Seth. Lots of fun. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. Brandon, I was just saying um, about your piece with in the Asia Times uh, about Joe Biden bigfooting over what looked like potentials for peaceful 
uh, egression from the Russia-Ukraine conflict, the elements seemed pretty pretty commonsensical to me. Do I have them right? Ukraine would 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 concede uh, s- small parts of eastern U- Ukraine, uh, the Crimea, and then they can talk about the rest if Russia pulls out. Seems reasonable to me, and that a lot of this was foregone years ago anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it's very unfortunate that, you know, if you're a Ukrainian, I'm sure there are many Ukrainians going, why the heck do we have to give up half yeah, the country? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, this bottom line, uh, the Ukrainians wouldn't have had to give up anything but a small section had Biden followed through on the policies that Trump had initiated, if he hadn't uh, last year, and we talked about this several times, you and I over last year, if, if Biden hadn't handed over the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, if Biden hadn't uh, 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 cut off America's domestic energy production, uh, that then basically when he did that and handed over the Nord Stream 2 pipeline linking Russian natural gas to Europe through Germany, when that happened, basically America cut off its supply to the world and then gave Russia, which had an abundant supply, complete control over the world energy market uh, and basically gave uh, fuel to the fire that was Russia's war machine, which until about a year and a half ago had been ailing because of the chronically low energy prices thanks to America's energy revolution that occurred under Trump. And when, when Biden took over... Uh, basically, we uh, let the Russian war machine loose. And then Putin looked at Biden and took one look at the guy and said, this guy is a shadow of his former self. His former self wasn't that impressive. I think I can keep I can stick this guy with my bayonet and keep probing and pushing until I hit, you know, hitting mush until I hit some steel. And I don't think there's any steel there. And so what's going on is we now have to settle if we want any part of Ukraine to survive. We now are going to have to have a settlement with Russia where they're going to keep the eastern portion that they've always wanted. And then at least we can preserve the western portion where the government of Kiev, our friends, reign. And then we'll have to just figure out how we're going to you know, live with a bifurcated uh, a Ukraine. But, but if we don't get this deal, if, and Biden keeps escalating with his foot-and-mouth syndrome, uh, if, if we don't get a deal though soon, Putin's just going to level everything, regardless of whether he can win the war or not. He will level everything he can out of spite, because if he can't have it, then no one can. By the way, I need, I need to, un- that's well said, and I need to underscore something you put in your Asia okay. Times piece that I think is as important as what I was saying, because people just don't have the historical understanding of these things that may, they think they live in normal times. They don't. What you're seeing is abnormal stuff. Uh, staff walking back and apologizing for the president is abnormal. It's usually the other direction. The other point, you made one, Brandon, which is extremely – this notion that when the president says something and his staff say that's not U.S. policy, that's like saying the president didn't have a right to release classified intel. It's baloney. I I want to use a bigger word. What the president says is U.S. policy. Yes, and I don't remember who was saying this. It might have been Victor Davis Hanson years ago about – something that Trump had said that supposedly he wasn't supposed to say. Yeah. I think it was Hanson. You and I talked about this years ago. But basically, he used the example of LBJ and the SR-71, right? Right. The the, the, the Blackbird. Basically, no one was supposed to know about this hyper-advanced stealth reconnaissance high-altitude plane that was the the successor to the U-2. And LBJ came out, and he slipped in public and said, we are developing the SR-71. Right. And, and when he said that, 
his staff in the military was like, what is the SR-71? Because it had a different numerical designation, and he got the numbers flipped. And so he and, and, and then at that point, one of the, it might have been General LeMay, it was one of the, the strategic air command guys, looked over at the CIA guy, and he said, well, it's the SR-71 now. Yeah. And the guy goes, right. He goes, what do you, he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, the president just publicly declared it that he's the president. Yeah. So therefore, <laughs> it's now that. Yes. And so when, when Biden tells us that he wants regime change, he's deploying the 82nd Airborne uh, to Ukraine, and, and Putin is officially a war criminal, and I'm going to fire chemical weapons at the Russians if they dare to use chemical weapons in Ukraine. Well, until I see him say otherwise or do otherwise as president, legally speaking, He's just an active policy. That's exactly right. All right, let me go to the break. We'll come back with some calls, some more questions. As I go, let me put in a word for balance of nature. I take it every single day. They're fruits and veggies, pure, potent plant power, the only whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. Feel better. Protect your health. Maintain your health the natural way with balance of nature, 100% natural been taking it for three years it's been keeping me well for three years go to balanceofnature.com check out their fruits and veggies and make sure to use discount code balance welcome back to the seth leapson show coming to you live from the guns etc studios brandon j weikert is our guest brandon um did you want to make another point there's a ton to do or do you want me to throw you to some callers and emailers? It's either way if you have. I honestly, um, I don't remember what I was going to say Fair at enough. this point. Uh, we'll, other jo- than, we'll, jo- uh, we'll jog your memory through questions. Well, yeah, I had one email question. This is kind of interesting, and certainly mm-hmm. Arizona residents will want to know. One of our uh, physician listeners, smart guy, asks about uh, the exploitation of our open borders by hostile foreign powers. Given the recent speech by Biden yeah. and his misstatements, Putin likely has reason to prepare actions against us. GRU in Mexico, that would be uh, 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 Russia, uh, Russian uh, uh, police. Military intelligence. Yeah, yeah. GRU, yeah. are they just smuggling terrorists across the border? Are they going to try to create a hostile regime in Mexico? Power outages in July? You get the, you get the point. Yeah. Yeah, so, so basically, and, and this was a statement that the head of our U.S. NORTHCOM, Northern Command, uh, he made uh, recently to Congress while under t- uh, uh, sworn testimony. Uh, and so this isn't just some sort of gonzo story on the Internet. Uh, and this corroborates uh, what many of us have been fearing uh, for several years. Uh, go back to the 80s. There are instances, and, and, and Michael Waller can talk about this better than I can, and people like Dr. John Lentowski, who's a mentor of mine, can talk about this a lot better than I can. But there were several instances in the 80s where the Soviets were actively supporting and funding drug cartels to send drugs up into the United States as a way of weakening our society by getting them addicted, getting as many people addicted to these substances. So, again, again, we have a continuation, I think, of similar practices under the GRU, uh, under Putin's Russia, uh, you know, supporting these narco-terrorism groups in Mexico, uh, supporting uh, terrorism uh, or rather trying to get these narco-terrorist groups to smuggle Russian agents of influence and fifth columnists into the United States so they can sabotage and destabilize the Americans uh, from within. 
very much like that great FX series, The Americans, which was based mm -hmm. on true stories, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going on again. The Cold War, unfortunately, is coming back. And this time, as you and I talked about before, uh, deterrence is dead. And some of the stumbling blocks to preventing full-on war between our two powers uh, are seriously eroded, if not gone. Uh, and so now these things are happening. Uh, we see also uh, the, the, the Russians are very interested. They warned us about this. Uh, about six weeks ago, right before the invasion occurred of Ukraine, um, Lavrov, the foreign minister, came out and was speaking on behalf of the Kremlin, and he said, if the Americans provide any kind of aid to the Ukrainians in the event of a war between Russia and Ukraine, we will in turn provide, quote, specific military technical assistance to Latin American countries that are engaged in the struggle against the United States. Yeah, uh, and so now we have destabilization efforts going underway. We already have Wagner Group uh, mercenaries crawling all over Venezuela. Uh, you've got the issue in Cuba right now. You and I talked about last summer. I believe that now the Russians are going to ramp up their support for the Cuban regime. I think that the, the Mexicans uh, who are looking for allies right now to help stabilize their country I think you can now see an increase in Russian activity there. And I would not be surprised, by the way, if Venezuela and or Cuba. Yeah, Venezuela and Cuba can exploit it as well, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Can and range missiles from the Russians to better threaten the United States. And this time, there will be no Khrushchev-like backing down. Right. Putin's going to take this thing all the way. Yeah, exactly, exactly why we're worried. All right, uh, let me go to... Uh, yeah, I can do this, I think. Rob in surprise. Hi, Rob. You're on with Brandon. Oh, hi, uh, Seth. Hi, Brandon. Uh, great Hello. as always. I, um, I've, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, how historically Russia has always, you know, wanted the strong arm leader, male or female, Catherine the Great comes to mind from right. the female standpoint. And all of a sudden, you know, there's an irony going on because, uh, you know, Putin made the decision to go ahead and invade Ukraine, and he's overall, I mean, not really doing that well. Um, and we also hear stories about how, you know, some generals are being killed uh, and right. sort of fratricide, I guess. And, and a lot of the Russian people are not happy about what's going on uh, with this whole invasion thing, too. Um, I'm just kind of interested in your thoughts because, you know, obviously we've always looked at Russia or the Soviet Union as sort of the 10-foot giant. And I'm beginning to think now that they're not as big as we build them up to be. Fair enough. And just because of time. Fair enough, uh, Rob. Just because of time, let me give it to Brandon real quick to take from there. I think we got it. Thank you, sir. Go ahead, Brandon. Okay. So he's not wrong. Uh, the Russian Federation is not the Soviet Union, thank God. Uh, but it, as we and I, you and I have talked about, in specific areas, they are competitive, and in some cases, like hypersonic, they're actually ahead of the United States, uh, which gives them certain advantages on the sort of strategic great state level. Um, but we've seen now the conventional Russian forces are not faring that well. So, you know, no plan survives contact with the enemy, first contact with the enemy. Uh, Vladimir Putin was hoping and planning on a Russian lightning attack, kind of like a Russian version of Desert Storm, over a, what he thought was a weak and malleable Ukraine. Well, out goes that plan, 
And as you and I talked about before, in comes a restoration of the traditional Russian way of, of warfare, which is slow, you know, plodding, uh, you know, bloody, uh, destructive, needlessly in most cases, imprecise. The question is, can the Russians sustain this kind of conflict the way that Stalin could sustain the Second World War, the way that they, they, they have fought traditionally in other cases? And the answer is, who knows? Because on the one hand, they're losing a lot of people. They've lost more people in five weeks than we lost in the 20-year war in Afghanistan and counting. Uh, they've lost, like, the, your, like Rob pointed out, they've lost a bunch of generals and high-ranking colonels. And if, any, if we had lost one general in combat in the Middle East, it would have been congressional hearings and major, major news conferences. Uh, but with Russia, it's sort of like par for the course. And so the question is, can Russia sustain this? Um, if they can continue selling natural gas, if there are no real challengers to Putin's rule from within the inner circle, which so far there doesn't seem to be, uh, and, and if um, the Chinese continue to backstop Russia, which they are, despite what their leaders are saying in public, their actions say otherwise, then I suspect that, yes, Russia can continue to ground on. The question is, can they take the whole country? I don't think so at this point, which is why they were trying last week to say we're going to stop the offensive in the West and we're going to pivot and focus on the part that we already hold in the East and just pacify that. Um, and so I think that's going to be the near-term plan. But if Biden keeps escalating, as we said earlier, um, Putin can't be seen as backing down. At that point, he may not be able to capture Western Ukraine like he thought he could. So he might just decide to flatten it like he did Grozny in Chechnya or like he did in Aleppo in Syria. He can't hold it, but he's darn sure not going to let it stay standing as a testament to defiance against him. And so that's sort of the big issue here. But no, the Russian Federation is not as powerful, not as staying power, not as a staying power militarily, thankfully, as the Soviet Union. But that also means they're dangerous in other ways because of those unconventional capabilities, because of hypersonic because they have a larger, more sophisticated tactical nuclear weapons capability than what we have, and those tactical non-strategic nukes are forward deployed. Uh, thank you, Mr. Obama, for letting that become a reality. Hold, hold that thought real quick, Brandon. Hold that thought. We'll do a concluding thought on the other side. Sorry. Yeah. Good, good answer. We'll be right back with last thoughts from Brandon Weicker. Brandon, let me, uh, Brandon Weicker, let me thank you on air for uh, your always and continuing you. great thought. It's gotten so bad. I mean, this is not a setup joke line. It's gotten so bad, Brandon, that people are actually thinking maybe we have to look at Kamala Harris. Maybe we have to. Yeah. That's how bad yeah. it is. I'll let you take it from here. Well, and that's sort of what I'm saying in my, my next article I'm hoping to pitch to AG in the next day or two. Um, you know, I'm not, I think she's horrible, she, but it might actually be a blessing in disguise because she can't run and win an election if her life depended on it right. unless she's with Willie Brown. Right. Uh, but she's, you know, so I think that sets us up well for 24. Um, but I think for the sake of peace and security, we cannot have Biden in charge during these geopolitical crises because he makes everything worse. That's right. I mean, that is, that's what it comes to. And yeah, she's not she's not senile. He is. Yeah, she may be not very bright, but at least I know you know she's not going to go out and escalate at least without having serious discussions with other advisors. It just sounds like he just kind of does these things because he doesn't remember. 
And he kind of is able to do it by lording over everyone his vast experience from whether the sure. foreign yeah. relations or judiciary or the vice president. I mean, the experience is there, but uh, it's always worth reminding experience doesn't necessarily mean experience doing things right. Not when you've be, been wrong on every yeah, major It can be experience in being decades. wrong. Yeah. Right, but right. but but I mean, it is now becoming such a serious consideration. You're hearing conservative analysts saying, you know, you know, exactly what you said, Brandon. I mean, I'll repeat what I said at the beginning. This might have been the worst press conference in presidential history. Walking well, back, he's the worst president. Back, pres- you know? He's the worst president since James Buchanan. He's worse than Carter. He's worse than Obama. He is the worst president we've had since James Buchanan, the man who lost the union before Lincoln took over. Yeah. This is this is. I mean, we're looking at the end of America's hyperpower, superpower status, and it's being presided over by an idiot. Yeah. And you know, and the rest of the world sees it. By the way. Well, that's the the other thing. This is no longer a secret. If the White House had some great apparatus to keep this together in a secret, it's out there now. It's there. And the Democrats are seeing it too, which is why there's real talk about Kamala. And I think the laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop, it isn't the right that's driving that story anymore. It's the left. And I think because the powers that be at the Democratic Party are setting up a pretext to remove him from power and put Kamala in. Interesting. I had not put the one and one together. Well done, Brandon Weikert. Man, you're the greatest, sir. Uh, We'll we'll talk to you again uh, next Monday unless we break the glass and pull the lever and call you again this week. Well, I'm ready. All right. Brandon Weikert, you can follow him at the Weikert Report, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T, theweikertreport.com, his book, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, columnist at Asia Times, America Greatness. No substitute for brains. That's what I say about Brandon J. Weikert. That's why we love him so much. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Open lines, whatever's on your mind. And, oh, Will Smith has put out a public uh, a public statement on last night. We'll do that as well. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 